Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is episode 69. Nice. Nice. (laughs) As always, I'm your boy Hirsch with me, CJ, the man McCann. Good guys. And uh, sometimes he's hype. Sometimes he ain't hype. We'll figure it out. Wes. (laughs) good. good. All right, Gator Nation, we got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. We're not going to talk about recruiting on this show. Unless you're talking about uh, portal recruiting, we're going we're going to focus a little bit on some things that have happened the last few days, and some things that could be happening in the upcoming days. I know that's what on that's what's on everyone's mind right now. That's what y'all want to talk about. The season has passed. We'll we'll give out season grades maybe in a week or two. We're not too worried about it. We know the grades aren't going to be high. Um, you know, it was an F in pretty much everyone's eyes. The report card. Is an F. We're going to hold them back a year, basically, is what yeah. we're doing. On that, um, <laughs> come back and try it again next year. You, you haven't graduated to the next to the next grade up. Before getting all that, guys, as always, make sure you go out there, check us out wherever you get your podcast from. You're checking us out on the YouTube channel, channel. This is your first time, or maybe you've held off on doing so up until now, guys. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Drop a like on the video if you like the content that we're bringing to you. And in the comments below, um, drop us some some candidates you would like to see for defensive line coach or the defensive back coach. You know, that's going on there. We'll talk about that in a minute. But go ahead and drop your candidates on who you'd like to see considered for the job below. 
Uh, please refrain from Charlie Strong. Or <laughs> Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp. Um, T-Rob. T-Rob's not coming, leaving Alabama for Florida. Um, just, j- just the same old names. You got to think a little bit outside of the box on this, and, and we'll talk about a lot more of that in a minute. Guys, we appreciate you as always. Let's jump into it, man. Let's jump into it. We're going to start on what is the hottest topic probably right now. And is that is that's is Trevor going to go or is Trevor going to stay? Um, as you, you probably know, if you're kind of glued into Gator information on social media, whatever have you not, yesterday the rumor was Trevor was gone. Uh, later in the evening to early this morning, things kind of looked like they'd kind of even out. Gators were doing what they needed to do to keep him in the fold. As of later this evening, more and more information starting to roll out there that it looks like um, he's going to be gone. Like, that's just the way it is. Do I know where he's going? No. Does Is the is UGA coming up a lot in, in rumors? Yeah, I think that's only natural. The reasons Trevor is listing or telling people he wants to leave is he wants to win or be in the playoff next year. I respect that from a certain standpoint. I can understand that. You want to win ball games, man. He's been here for for two losing seasons. That's that's frustrating. When you know, you know, you're a guy that a team that is a Georgia and Alabama, somebody that's going to be perennially in the playoff chase is going to want you. I mean, it is what it is. Um, Georgia also makes sense from a distance standpoint. His family moved to around Jacksonville area to be close to both the boys. So going to Athens wouldn't be too terribly far away from that. All speculation at this point, guys. Um, as you know, in the recruiting world, which is now recruiting your own team after every season, I mean, coaches don't just have to recruit kids from high school or the portal to come to their team. They have to recruit the players they've already recruited to stay on their team. Teams are poaching. Kids are, are wanting to go see if the grass is greener. And the NCAA has allowed that to, to be, and so here we are. Do we hate it? Most of us, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, you know, it it sucks. It's a bad situation. I get the standpoint of, well, coaches can leave at any time, and, and you're right. I get that. Um, that's a whole different discussion. We're not going to jump into that right now. But as far as it comes to Trevor, uh, UF is has – made their stance to him about how bad they want him. They've done what they feel like they can do to keep him. Uh, One thing that I will kind of throw into before we get into CJ and Wes's thoughts on this is as of now, it looks like Montreal Johnson has decided to stay for his next, uh, for his senior year. Now, once again, that's one of those things. Montreal Johnson may wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I have nothing left to give in the college game. I want to go pro. But if that is the fact, we have to imagine that's also weighing on Trevor because maybe he doesn't want to split carries with Montreal again next year. Once again, a lot of guesswork here. Everything is is what it is until it's not. So, like I said, tomorrow you can wake up and we're in a whole new, you know, set of rumors. So this is where we're hearing things are as of – 6.44 6.44 in the evening on November 29th. We'll see where they are tomorrow. 
Wes, I'm going to go to you first. I know you're very passionate about this situation. You have been all season with me and CJ as we chat about it and where we think things should be, what your take is personally about Trevor and what he means to this team. So I want to go to you first. What what should the Gators be doing to can try to keep? Me? Yeah, I can hear you. <clears throat> um, I don't know. There's nothing they can do to to, to keep the kid here. Uh, like I told you guys, in, uh, you know my opinion about it earlier. Um, if it's about winning, it's the way we finish the season. If if we finish seven five, we beat Missouri, we beat Arkansas, we upset Florida State last week. Trevor stays, in my opinion. He sees the team progressing, but the way losing five in a row, then we lost three in a row last year. I mean, it, it's not it's not trending where you would want to. It, it's different when you lose and you see the team progressing, and you're like, okay, we lost, but you know, we did a lot of good things. It's still every podcast we come on, we we talk about we should have did this better. Defense looks awful, and, and this kid, as I told you guys earlier today, this kid saw his football. Oh, player. I'm gonna stay here. Yeah, you're back. Short, short little uh, break for West. Yeah, okay. he he saw he saw his brother play in fours because Travis stayed all four years at Clemson. Played in four college football playoffs and won a national championship. So he saw that, and he wants to play in his big time games. He wants to go in January uh, and play in the national championship or you know whatever the game is before the, net, the, the the semifinals, all that stuff. And I get it, you know, and I can't knock him for wanting to win. Uh, the, the splits with Montreal, I, I think we kind of disagree on some things there. I, I know you guys will bring up some points, or CJ may bring up some points about it, but I feel like uh, I feel like he was our best back, and he shouldn't have been. Even though the, if you look at the carries, it should have been. It looks like it's been split. It split the carries. The carries look split, but he should have been starting, in my opinion. To me, he should have been the feature back. And, and and I'm not against. We all know that we in today's college football, there's Missouri who, who featured that guy every carry or every every uh, series. I'm not opposed to you know every you know alternating carries that the running backs should want that because they shelf like especially when they did see how the NFL is and then I think they almost had a sit out a sit in or whatever you want to call it in the NFL where they had a whole group meeting with all the back, the best backs in the NFL, Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Williams and those guys. So I don't think it's that. I just think he wants. The, the the more cares and he should have been starting to me Billy does play the best play we saw a lot of freshmen play this year um but Montreal was not a better back than Etienne uh, he should have been getting more carries it should have been more instead of 50 50 it should have been 60 40 I, I would love to see him like maybe you get the first two series then bring Montreal in the third series like that then First series, Montre- uh, Travis. Then that. Then Montreal. I would have wanted to see two, two, one that way, and um, and I and I think things could have got even even out that way. I know he has some deficiencies in his game. First brought up to me um, about you know the chipping and the blocking, but the same thing with Montreal. We can't we can't pass the ball because he can't catch either. So it's like give you give and take with 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 each back, and I, give me the more explosive guy. Um, all day, any day, especially with the deficiencies of an offense, with an offensive line that can't block. Montreal needs an offensive line that can block. He's a good back. I'm not saying Montreal sucks. He's a good back. We saw him last year with the offensive line last year. He looked like a whole different guy because he can't make people miss in the backfield the way Trevor. Trevor turned a lot of negative two, negative three tackles for losses into one, two, three yards. Those three yards were sometimes lost, but we didn't, but he didn't. I mean, even last week, uh, uh, 
or was it Florida State? I think they, they one of their top DBs had him in the backfield. He sp- spun out of it, made a play out of it. It's just it's it, it, it'll be a tough uh, tough loss when you're looking at Trey Wilson, and that's it. As far as explode, Rick is gone. As far as explosive players on offense, you're looking at Trey, who seems to disappear, not by his fault, but by our offensive scheme. He, he, we see him in the first quarter, then we may see him once or twice with a pass in the fourth quarter, but then he disappears. And and, and that's what we bring him back next year against that hellified schedule. You need all the playmakers you get. And, and he's a proven commodity. I know there's some talk about some guys that we're trying to recruit. Uh, we didn't really trust. Uh, we didn't really blow enough people out to see Webb on the field. We saw some stuff from him when some guys were hurt. He looks like he's going to be a guy, but you got to give me the proven commodity of what I saw. And uh, it's unfortunate. I get where he's going. I, and I'm not saying the staff isn't doing everything they can to get him. That's not where I'm coming from. I can't blame the staff for them. To me, this is the kid's personal decision, and I don't blame him. I wish when he goes in the NFL – if we can say, hey, that's another guy we sent to the NFL as our back, but somebody else is going to be claiming him. Yeah, even though he spent two two years at Florida, he's our guy. You know what I'm saying? And I hate that. That's the shit that's going to piss me off, to be honest. <laughs> All right, CJ. Counterpoint, if you will. <laughs> Muted, CJ. CJ no, got mute. a mute on. Ah, my bad. Listen, my <laughs> counter- Wes trying to sabotage me. He don't want to hear what I got to say. Um, first of all, let me just start by saying Trevor Etienne is a great back. I've been a fan of Trevor Etienne since the beginning when they started recruiting him. People, when he was him and Trevante Citizen, everybody wanted Citizen. There was a large contingent that wanted Citizen, but I was like, nah, that Etienne guy, that, that guy's going to be different because I watched his brother play. His brother was a hell of a player, and I knew what he could be. I wanted him, and I still would love to keep him. But I will say this. There's been a lot of flack that Montreal Johnson's been catching, and I I don't really think it's deserved. Montreal Johnson's a great player. Uh, Montreal Johnson is better at doing the little things right. Um, ETN's a guy that is a bona fide home run hitter. I think you can look at him and say that. The problem with ETN in in the sense that, you know, I I think – and I don't want – like I said, I'm not coming off as a bash because if this guy stays, I'm going to be super psyched because I love him. You love having a guy like that in your lineup. But he's a guy that bats like 220, and he's good for, you know, 30 home runs. So if, if he's off, he's off. We watched him in games this year where he was just not, not that great. He's a great player. And, again, he's explosive. The problem is when you look at him, he changes your offensive scheme completely. When when Montreal is in, the defense is prepared for us to run or pass. That's why you saw a lot of the lanes that Montreal would get, Trevor doesn't get. Because when Trevor's in there, they know we're not passing the ball because he can't stay in pass protection. We also know that Trevor isn't a great route runner. Um, he's not a great receiver. Montreal's not either, but at least you know he's got the leg up in the blocking scheme. Montreal is a great player. He's a home run guy too. He can. We've watched him break off massive runs. It takes him running over a guy or two to do it, but that's that's fine. Montreal is is only to me he's he's the better back of the two because he's the more complete back. He's the more ready back. I love Trevor. Like I said, I would love to keep the guy. He adds a completely different aura to the offense. But I I don't think that the the negativity around Montreal Johnson is is deserved. Montreal Johnson's a guy that's probably going to play in the NFL. Um, 
I think there are things that I'd like to see Montrell do better. I'd like to see him stop trying to sidestep and use his size a lot more because he's a big back. He can put his shoulder down, run over somebody. And, you know, part of me wonders, is that Trevor's doing too? Because he sees the stuff that Trevor can do. And maybe he's like, you know, these guys are fighting for carries. Um, and, and they're trying to do the same thing as each other. There were times where Trevor would try to do that, where he would just like try to motor over somebody. And it's like, you know, make a guy miss. Uh, it's just, you know, that's just the world we live in now, though, with the split carries in the backs. There isn't a bell cow back anymore. It's it's gone the way of the dodo bird because you can't, they can't, they can't hold up. They're getting destroyed. These guys are getting their legs killed. Um, well, you know, and they go, coaches they want to are trying to, to do them a favor. Play. They're trying to coaches are trying to do them a favor for for later on in their career as well. Right. We, we've talked about like the hip drop tackle and things like that that are affecting these kids. Um, you know, we've seen it like a rise in the, the Achilles injuries with more teams going to the field turf now, um, you know, things like that. So, you know, I understand why you want to split carries and give guys a rest. I'm fine with them being 50 50. I think that they were the two guys that definitely could. My my issues was I would rather see them use situationally than, hey, I'm going to give this drive to Trevor or, hey, I'm going to give this drive to Montrell. I feel like they were two different backs and, and I don't feel like we use them in the the sense of this is what we're going to do with Trevor this is what we're going to do with Montreal and I don't know how much of that is just to do with what they offer fundamentally I think that, that that's the main separating factor here is if Trevor could get like the little stuff right I think he would have had more touches I, I think that if he could pass block at least chip a guy he doesn't have to be all world most running backs aren't. Most running backs aren't great pass blockers, but they at least can get in the way. Or we saw in the Missouri game where Trevor went out of bounds, you know, in a time where it's like, we got to run the clock. We got to make him use a timeout. I think that that was a lot of his doing. And I think Trevor acknowledged that. I think he, he said that multiple times. He's like, I got to do the, the other things right. Um, I, I don't think Trevor's leaving because he doesn't want to split carries because I feel like he's going to split carries anywhere he goes. I, I think this is truly a situation where he's like, my clock is ticking. My brother's got these national championship rings on his hand. I'd like to have some of those too. Um, you know, I, I think that that's just the ultimate, what it comes down to. You know, both of them are exceptional backs. I'd like to have both of them next year if we could have both of them next year. But it just doesn't seem feasible at this point. But what I'm trying to do is I want to defend Montreal Johnson because he's getting a lot of unnecessary hate. Like, and I just don't understand it. Um the guy does about everything you asked him to do. He seems like a great leader. He seems like a great kid. Um, you know, he's, you know, and I, this unfair judgment of, oh, he's Billy's UL guy. He came with Louisiana from Billy. So Billy's just favored. And, and, and I think everybody too has a lot of PTSD from the, the, the Davis and Pierce situation and Naquan where Damian Pierce didn't get as many touches. If Damian Pierce has got as many touches as Trevor ECN got, I don't think we we'd have that conversation about him. You know, Tre- you know Damian Pierce was getting eight eight carries a game, uh, which was totally different. I, I think that that's a lot of it. It's just a lot of PTSD that what we're is, having to deal with. Um, what is, but what is but what Webb is, is a great back? Uh, what is Montreal's batting average? 
I like how you use that analogy, though. I think I think Montreal Johnson Montreal's is more got, of a 260, 270 guy. Right. Montreal's gonna <laughs> listen, Montreal's gonna get a lot of a lot of your, your singles, right? He's okay. gonna be that guy. He's gonna get guy. a couple extra bases. You ever watch you ever watch Moneyball? We talk about I was, guys just, I, on base. I was just I was just hoping you wasn't gonna say he's a three thirty-three hitter. No, 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 no. He's not Tony Gwynn. He's not Tony Gwynn. He's not Tony Gwynn. He's not getting your four. He's your number he's like your number two or number five hitter somewhere in there. Okay, okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. We're really trying think... to get hold on. We're trying to get the baseball to season way too soon here. <laughs> let me let me just hit up on a couple of points. And you bring up Travis, and and I want to say this, and please realize I am not slandering Travis when I make these comments. I have to feel like Travis has a little bit of an impact on this as well. Yeah. Not just because, hey, look at my rings, or you know, I you know, but hey, you're not they're not getting the most of you. We've seen him tweet it out this year. Right. And I understand a big brother's love. I absolutely do. And I respect that. That's what I, that's the point I'm making here. I don't, I don't slander Travis at all for saying, Hey, you could get more usage somewhere else before the draft. If you truly want to go pro after the next season. So you save some wear and tear on your body and your legs because, Hey, guess what? I'm in the league. Let me tell you what's going on right now. You know, we talked about that earlier about the running backs getting together and, don't think Travis hadn't had it said to him. You know that he's got to know. How many years do you think? You know, Travis sitting man. I, at this rate, I've got four more years, and I'm probably done. At the rate that they're going, you know, so he's right. got to be telling his brother, "Look, go out, find you somewhere that makes you get some W's. That you look like an all star in their system behind an offensive line that doesn't look suspect week in and week out." And let's not think that that doesn't play a daggum part in it. I mean, that's, that's a major part. If you had to play behind that offensive line and that inconsistency all year, you'd be a little bit ready to probably move on and quit taking some of this beating that you've been taking and having to make, having to be unbelievably electric just to get, you know, your yards game <laughs> yeah. in and game, game out. It just, there's a lot of factors here that you have to put into play, but you guarantee that. This young man's got two years in college. He doesn't probably want to play four. You want to play one more. You want to put on the best year of tape you can go on. Hey, my 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 junior year, I went out. I played for a team that made the playoffs or made a playoff run. We won 9, 10, 11 games, whatever have you not. I put up 1,000 yards or 900 yards and another two, 300 yards receiving, blah, blah, blah. And the coach now, you know, that whatever coach he goes and plays for puts in a good word for him, but you know, all these things. And then you go from being a, you know, middle of the road back, maybe because your tape just wasn't good enough to, you know, now you're talking late first, second, yeah, early, sure. you know, whatever. It it's always I'm always very weird about trying to grade what a running back is gonna go in the draft because you just don't know anymore. <laughs> But one thing he can hang his hat on is he doesn't have a, a ton of of tread on his tire, you know, taking off his tires right now, and and he can go somewhere if that's his choice, where he can play behind an, any team in the country is going to want Trevor Etienne. Right. It's it's not even a question. So we're not going to continue to just drag on about this, guys. There's a lot more kids to talk about and coaches, and we're going to start. We're going to talk about the coaches first. Let's let's go back to the beginning of the week. 48 hours after you've played Florida State, you're not expecting it. I believe it's Monday evening out of nowhere. 
you know, like a RKO from Randy Orton, who also returned this weekend. Um, you get the you get the notification from Edgar. Of course, it always comes from Edgar first. That Sean that that Coach Spencer and Coach Raymond both have been relieved of their duties for the University of Florida. Um, certainly not the two coaches we were expecting to hear be you know released right off the rip, if at all. Now. We've said on this show, and it's been said plenty of places, um, and I'll start with Coach Raymond. I know Coach Raymond has a great legacy, and I advocated for him. The first day I heard he was hired, at home run hire. But let's not sit and pretend like the results have been what we thought they were going to be on the field and a little bit off. Yes, his recruiting class yet last year was very solid, but let's not forget that the three biggest targets we had on our board, we missed them. True, true. Do I think most of it was out of his hands? Absolutely. Uh, he thought, for all intents and purposes, that he had gotten Cormani McLean. And from a standard recruiting process, he did. Cormani McLean committed to, you know, Coach Raymond and the staff and said, I'm coming. And then Miami threw a chunk of money at him, and he was like, well, that's more important. And that's fine. All right, that's recruiting now. It is what it is. Um, there's been several people that have speculated that Coach Raymond does not like the NIL part of the of the process now. It's also been told to me and several other people he interviewed for an NFL job or two last offseason. And that looks to be what he really might want to want to go do is coach at the NFL where he doesn't have to um to deal with that. So <laughs> when it, I mean, I don't like losing Coach Raymond in that status, but I mean if if it's time for him to move on, it is. It's it's whatever's best for him and what's best for the team. If but we've watched Jason Marshall, we've watched Jalen Kimber for, for two years now, not improve. But those weren't guys he recruited. So, I mean, but you can argue all day if that's the mark of a good coach, whether he takes players and can and can mold them and whatnot. Maybe the players just had that old school mindset that was left from the previous staff. I can't speak to that. All I can speak to is the results we saw on the field. Has Devin Moore looked good when he wasn't hurt? Absolutely. Uh, did Jakeem Jackson show flashes? Absolutely. So, you know, time will tell. Uh, Coach Spencer, and I'll get you guys' opinions on this in a second. Coach Spencer, we've been his biggest fan and his, you know, the guys that have been the first to call him out on multiple things. And the biggest gripe in this show, we've talked about it since forever, was the man couldn't land us a nose tackle. He just, I mean, every nose tackle we tried to get, we lost. We get Nasir Johnson this cycle and Micah Burrow this cycle. We've lost both of those guys. Um, I have not personally, and I let these guys chime in on their own when we go around table. I haven't seen much development on the defensive line. I mean, I know we haven't seen a pass rush. I know our sack numbers were historically low. I <laughs> I mean, you tell me, maybe you can say maybe it's the scheme. You can say whatever, but at some point you have got, and every coach knows this, 
you have got to show results for your work. And the results of not being able to land nose tackles and sack numbers going down and just the run game gashing us game in and game out. I mean, just these things are not good results for when you're getting paid $1 million a year to be a football coach. CJ, I'll go with you this time first. What are your thoughts on both of these young, about both of these gentlemen being told to move or asked to move? I on? think, I think that, I think it's time. Um, they were two guys that were coming in um, highly touted um, guys that were known to be good recruiters. Um, and at times here, they, they recruited pretty well, but there was just a lot of misses in there. Um, you know, you look at Raymond where you miss on Mitchell, Harris, McLean, and then Ricks. Um, you don't get any of those guys. You do get Jakeem, you get Castell, you, you know, you get Dijon Johnson. And those are, and Sharif Denson, and those are great players, but all of them were pretty low rated. A lot of them, you know, I think all of them are from Florida. Um, you weren't, you know, they, they, you were, you were showing that they were rising up the rankings later because you evaluated them pretty well. And I think you did. I think they're good players but you weren't able to get like a real, real flip of the room. Um, we didn't get anybody in the portal, any, any like experienced depth to play DB in the portal. Um, Jason Marshall was a guy that was considered a first round cornerback coming into this season and didn't play well. Now you can make arguments either way for that. Um, you know, Raymond is, you know, known as a great coach, but he's he's not a coach to put up with a lot of BS. Um, you know, every player is different. They respond to coaching differently. Maybe Jason Marshall didn't respond to that. Jason Marshall is his own man, though. I mean, he's got his he's got to make plays at the end of the day, right? You know, um, that's that's the main thing. You you control your what you do on the football field, but it got what to was the he point where you're to looking do in that situation. Right? What was I? What was I supposed to do? I, I don't know. Go sit down. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, too, and then I will say this, too, and the most old-school coaches that I know of all have this mindset as well, either coach it or you allow it, right? So if he's if you're coaching it one way and he's still doing it the other way, then you're allowing it. Um, you know, that's just part of it. Um, Raymond is a guy who's long in the tooth. He's an older coach. Uh, LSU, when he left, a lot of LSU fans said his best years are behind him. We saw LSU's defenses prior. They weren't super stellar when he left. Um, you know, we kind of just chalked that up to uh, LSU going through transitions, you know, probations, kids sitting out. You know, we were just like, okay, whatever. Um, and I think there was a lot of the same sentiment from the Penn State people uh, that talked about Sean Spencer and that his best years were behind him. And that might be true. College football changes. Players change. Uh, the landscape has definitely changed. The way you recruit has flipped on its head or on its ass, depending on who you ask. Um, it, it's just – it's different. Um, some coaches just aren't going to thrive in this NIL age. They don't like it. Um, and I don't I don't really think they liked it. I don't think they like, you know, kids being able to play, play with money, play with emotions to – 
up clout and up money and up, you know, things like that. I just don't expect that to, that just didn't go well with a lot of those guys. And if that's the case, then they don't need to be here anymore. Um, you need to retire. You need to go home, you know, cause it's just, the game has changed. It's passed you by. And I mean, that might be the case with Spencer and Raymond. Now they could definitely go to the back to the NFL. Um, Raymond could go to the NFL and be a phenomenal DBs coach, coach some older people, you know, kids that are, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties, coach those guys. They've got a different mindset. A lot of them he coached already. A lot of them, the kids that he already had are in the league. They know he works. They know what happens. They're not going to question him. Um, And you don't have to fool with getting guys out of a portal. You don't have to fool with trying to convince kids to stay. You don't have to do any of that dumb crap. You don't have to get on a plane and go fly to school and visit a kid. They get your kids for you. They get your players. All you got to do is coach. And I see that as uh, pretty enticing for a lot of coaches right now that just don't want to put up with it. And like I said, that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Love them. I think they're great coaches. I think they did, you know, the best that they could. Um, but I think, you know, it's time to make a change. I really don't think you can make a case for anybody in that that uh, that room on the defensive side of the football to keep their job. Um, maybe Bateman, maybe Armstrong. You know, Bateman linebackers didn't play super-duper great. Shamar, when he was in there, was good. Um, Bateman recruited well. So, and then Armstrong, it's his first year. I think, again, uh, Armstrong, you know, people have pretty well called him out up and down, but I feel like his scheme isn't bad. I just feel like the players aren't doing their job. Um, So we'll see how how everything shakes out. But, I mean, I I just think it is what it is. Wes, what are your opinions on, on these moves? I know you talked about everybody's muted today. <laughs> I know you talked about it. I was surprised that these were the first. You know, if I had to pick, you know, I would pick the certain position that I always get on. But hey, we're here, and maybe those changes are coming later. So, I think we had a top two, maybe top three, maybe behind Jordan, Alabama. But as far as recruiting DB class last year, uh, as you guys alluded to, Hershey three. Uh, CJ correctly, it was four because I think Hirsch might have forgot about Ricks late when he reclassified. But we knew some Ricks. I said three. It was four. I well, I was only thinking of the three that we really, really went after. But I'm with you. Yeah, the the, the kid that went to Georgia, Tony Mitchell. I think he went to Bama. Kamara McLean and then Ricks. Uh, and it's it, and I get where you guys are coming from because I'm with you. You know, we had maybe the top three DB class last year, but then we lost. We didn't get the, the the guy that set the class apart. And CJ kind of he stated, you know, Jakeem Jackson, Dijon, like Jakeem Rose. Uh, we saw that talent on the field this year, uh, but we didn't get that guy. And, and it's time for us as fans and, and me personally to stop settling for mediocre or, okay, that's average. Why can't it be us? Uh, and, and that's the mentality I think I'm going to change to. And stop trying to be so sunshiny and rosary. Like we 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 deserve that five. So we we needed that five star guy at DB to set that whole class and make it number one instead of being number three. Why selling for number three? Uh, we saw the performances of certain guys, even though they weren't his guys. Marshall and Kimber were not his guys, but hey, got they had they obviously were talented. They both were. I, I know Kimber was rated high. And we know Marshall was a five star on some sites, and they didn't play. I mean, Jaden Hill played well, but it was like. Mm-hmm. 
I don't I don't know. It, it's, it's weird to me. We saw more. We talked about how more looked, but he can't stay here. I, I don't know. I don't know what's the reason behind it, but I'm going to support it uh, if it means we're going to get better. Uh, Spencer, I was a fan of Spencer. The Hurst kind of got on me. Well, not got on me, but kind of pointed out some stuff. Those guys you thought he got, he didn't get. Those ends wasn't his ends. And, and I'm like, oh, well, damn. You, I didn't say that to you, but I was like, thinking like, dang. I thought he got McCray, and I thought he got Cersei, and I thought he got Colin. So if he's not responsible for those guys, what are you doing? Because I used to bullet the 21 tackles for loss in 2016, maybe 2017. I'm used to Caleb Brantley being in the backfield. Taven Bryant in the backfield. Floyd in the backfield, easily in the backfield. And I'm talking about from the defensive tackle, nose tackle position. Those guys lived in the backfield. I'm not even talking about the ends at those times, but we had a run where our de- defensive tackles dominated the, that, the side of the football in the trenches. I'm used to that, and I need that. I need that five-star guy in the trenches that's going to wreck shop. Yeah, I love my ends, and I want pressure, but it, the best way to affect a quarterback is right up in his face up in the middle. And I don't feel like – I don't know if his hands uh, that he's not teach Pauls. I don't know if it's the hands that he's not teaching this guy with the techniques, but I don't see enough penetration Pauls again in the backfield from our D tackles. I need we don't see, penetration. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, us, but one thing I want to mention before I forget it, we didn't see a lot of guys put their hand up to try to knock down a pass like on that D line spot. Where just, the, just, nobody turns their head for anything. It's like just a wild. just a simple, I'm going to put my arm up and get in the way. Like that wasn't being done. Now, is he teaching that? Probably, but if they're not doing it, he's you're allowing them not to do it. So like, <laughs> yeah. what do we do here? You guys are talking about the recruiters, so I'm gonna speak to the development partner. And that, that really pissed me off. I told you guys I was I alluded to I'm like why we, we don't we don't get enough pressure. I mean, like what what is it that I, I even and I understand sometimes you want to see more blitzes, simulated blitzes, all that stuff with your linebackers. Saw Wingo do a good job of that, but hey, that's not his that's not his guy. Wingo is not his guy when he's doing that. When we're blitzing, we shouldn't have to always provide pressure to 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 lessen what we have on the back end to create pressure. Our D tackles and our defensive ends need to be able to get in the backfield. And I and we sometimes you gotta have that guy. You gotta have a Jalen Carter. Oh, I don't forget talking about Georgia guy. I we had Bullard. Again, 21, his his junior year, I believe. It could have been his junior year before he declared for the NFL. He's playing with the Bears, the Minnesota Vikings now. Got drafted by the Bears. That dude had 21 tackles for loss. You know how sick that is in college football? That's and, and that was on a defense where we had Marcus May and uh Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Keanu Neal and Jalen, uh, not Jalen Kimber, uh, Tabor, Jalen Tabor and uh, Quincy Wilson and those guys. And and and, and I've missed that defense. Like, I, I know we were craving for offense for the longest. That's why we got Mullen when he came in here. But then when he came, it was like our defense went, it went this way. And I, and we, we, it's like we can't get that bad. We can't have two sides of the ball playing well at the same time. I'm sick of it. And if it starts to me, I've always told you guys, I believe it. In the trenches, I mean, you guys kind of could, you know, co-sign on that as well. And SC is is in the trenches, and since we're talking about a coach that hadn't been getting it done in the trenches, then you know, I'm I'm up for whatever's going to make the program better. I'm tired of being mediocre. I'm tired of selling and say, well, we'll get them next year, guys. F that. I want to get them now. We we were really bad about controlling gaps and run oh. assignments. Just not even just pressure. Just really bad. Just giving up tons of rushing yards. And, and guys that are y'all that are out there listening to the show right now, and I know what you're yelling in your car or at your TV or whatever have or whatever you're listening to the podcast on. When we're gonna get some movement with these offensive line coaches, and you know where's our offensive coordinator? I, I'm with you guys. Trust me. I'm I, I'm like, hey, why does why is Mark Hockey still have the job as a strength coordinator at the University of Florida? Trust trust me. I am on y'all's side. Those of you that talk to me in our Facebook chat, if you're not part of our Facebook group and our Facebook chat, hey, go join today. Go to the Respect Our Decision Facebook group, join, and you'll be in the, in the chat. That we, we have a lot of good talks in there, a lot of good people in the group, very respectful. We have great civilized conversation. Shameless plug. Um, but anyway, I want to see those changes too. I, and I understand why some things haven't been done yet. There's reasons behind it. Not all the way reasons I agree with, but obviously I don't get paid $7 million to make these decisions. So here I am talking about it on a podcast. Um, we just got to, we just got to wait and see because there's nothing we can do about it as far as making these coaching decisions. I do want to talk about real quick. We got one good piece of positive news today. At least we can, you know, hang our hat on something. Um, Cam Jackson, very surprisingly to me and, and a lot of other people, announced he was coming back for next season. Um, I know Cam was kind of hit or miss during the season. I think he looked real good there uh, last week against FSU. I think he did a really good job in that game. Um, and maybe with another year of fine-tuning and, and a new defensive line coach, who knows, maybe he takes that jump and, and maybe shed a few pounds. I know that's a lot of people have said they felt like he, he put on some bad weight this year. But he announced he is not going into the draft. He will be back next year. Highly expecting uh, Caleb Banks is going to be back as well. And, of course, um, Watson will – I'm sure Watson will be back as well. So You know what that means, though? This might that? be the first year we might not have a player drafted. You see a player on our team get drafted this year? What do you mean on defense or just in general? Who's getting Mazuka? Rick, Ricky, Ricky Pearsall. Oh, Ricky Pearsall and Mazuka. If 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 Mazuka <laughs> declares, and I highly suspect I that he will. Yeah, I think Mazuka walked. It's okay. Carry on. I, 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 expect I, him I, to. I forgot about Ricky. Ricky is not he get drafted. So I, I don't expect for Princely to be back. Princely will oh, get drafted. Princely's going to get drafted as well. Yeah, Princely. My yeah, bad. Will My get bad. Drafted. Yeah. Um, probably higher than people that that are on social media and and, and sit there and critique everything he does. It'll, it'll be the same good. thing as we had with like Gervon last year. Everybody was on. Princely has case, gotten but. very good feedback from NFL people because a lot of times we look at Princely and we're like, oh, he isn't doing this and he ain't doing that, but he's doing what he was asked to do within the scheme. Right. He's and a third he is, round pick. He's and a third round. 
I think he'll go in the second. I Where really do. I think he will go in the second round. I think he, he will go work out and put up a great workout. And we'll tell – and people will interview and he'll say – and they'll interview the coaches on the staff because they always do. And the coaches will say he did exactly what we asked him to do. The only thing that will hold Princely back is Princely. Mm-hmm. He, he's yeah. got the, you know, the social media stuff and some of that stuff because a lot of teams don't like that crap in this day and age. They just don't. So, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. That's another day. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys that have announced they're leaving so far up to the minute as of today. Um, obviously, Odom announced – he was about the first kid that came out and said, "I'd be." He's going to leave as, a, as I believe, as a graduate transfer. Even at that, mm-hmm. um, you know, o- Odom played early in the season, and then, from my understanding, went to the staff and just said, "I don't have. I can't. I can't keep going. My knee's not holding up. I can't handle it." Um, so asked to be redshirted, and then he's going to transfer. I guess with two years left to go, or you know. So best of luck to him. Um, it was announced this morning by various news outlets that both Kamari Wilson and um, Nor- Will Norman were transferring. Um, now that has been casually refuted through the day, but everyone. Neither one of them have been with the team in weeks. Yes. Like uh, that's. I mean, Kamari, Kamari you, went to the team early and asked to be redshirted so that he could transfer with extra years of eligibility. This is not a speculation. This is a hundred percent fact. He did it. He went to the coaching staff. He asked a red shirt, which is why he couldn't travel with the team because he was a red shirt. Red shirts don't travel. Um, Will Norman, I know missed the game last week. I know he missed functions last week because his mother passed away. Right. Now, I'm not all respect in the world to, to the young man for losing his family and his mom. I, I'm, I hate that. I did not even realize that until a couple of days ago. But I had heard weeks ago that Norman was not doing team functions and was, and was ready to go, that he didn't like it. He, I'm not going to sit here and say why. I'm not here to slander the young man. Uh, the... the Norman would be the one kid I think Billy has taken in his recruiting classes that had what you would call quote unquote red flags to him. And that was because he went from IMG and he transferred last year to another school and then he transferred to another school. And it basically looked like he was jumping to try to find a place where he was going to get the most playing time. Um, You know, not exactly what you want to see. You want to see a guy that sticks in competes, earns his spot. I don't know if, if family factors played into it. I don't suspect that they did or else I don't think he would have come all the way back to Florida from up in the Jersey area where he, where he's from. Um, but like I said, it's been kind of casually disputed throughout the day, but make no mistake about it. Both those guys are probably going to transfer. You have to remember that we live in a day and age now where kids social media channels are boosted by engagements and engagements are part get them more and more NIL exposure. So if they don't get to to post their own edits and stuff like that to drive up their engagements, they kind of lose out opportunities. So it's in their best interest to, Oh, well we haven't made that announcement or we haven't made that decision yet until they actually do and are able to post their own, uh, 
letter or edit or whatever have you not to, to announce that they're entering the portal because then they get those engagements personally. Just the age that we live in. Um, earlier this afternoon, it came out that Max Brown was transferring. I saw some people very surprised by this, but I'm not really all the way sure why. Um, look, Max Brown might be a, a great football player but he saw the writing on the wall in this situation. Graham Mertz is going to return next season. It, it's it's pretty much set in stone. He's already pretty much told the staff he's back. DJ Lagway is not coming to sit on the bench and take a red shirt next year. He's coming to compete and get as much playing time as he possibly can. Um, and let's face it, you're not – I think we're all adults here. We can just not beat around the bush about it. You're not paying that kid to sit behind Max Brown. It, 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 it is what it is. And don't make any mistake about it. He's getting a very large NIL deal to come here not to sit behind Max Brown. You want to return on investment as soon as possible. So best of luck to Max. I also don't believe, and CJ, you could probably speculate to this more than I can, that I don't think Max Brown was going to get any time on the baseball team as well. No, no, no. Max Brown had not played um, much, if any, really in the baseball um, I expect him to go somewhere to probably play baseball a little more. There's a bunch of teams. I, I He's from Oklahoma. I could see him definitely going back that way. There's like 500 schools in Texas. They all love football and baseball. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it, it's, probably, it's probably best for him to go somewhere like um, – North Texas or even a Baylor or something, you know, somewhere TCU, like that. Any of those schools. TCU, could, any of those yeah. schools, Houston. I, I think he would do a lot he better. He could probably you know. light it up and have a really good couple of years. Right. There I think that that would probably be Rice. Rice is another one. Um, I think that would be the best thing for him. SMU. Um, yeah. And then the last one of the day that's announced up until this point right now when we're recording the show was Caleb Douglas late this afternoon. And I was pretty surprised by Caleb Douglas entering. I figured Caleb Douglas was pretty locked in to be one of the primary receivers on next year's team. Uh, obviously, he showed really good flashes late last season, early this season, and he had the leg injury. Um I really don't know what the situation there is unless, you know, you just think you're going to go into smaller, faster wide receivers across the board, given that we do have quite a bit of them with what we've recruited. Maybe he didn't fit into the scheme that maybe he, maybe he was told something that we're not privy to about where the scheme is going offensively. You know, if Billy has a Bill Jackson. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of factors in play. Maybe he just wants a fresh start. He wants to move back towards Texas. I can't answer that. I don't know what went into the young man's decision, but we will miss him for sure. Um, I would not be very surprised at all if you see a few more wide receivers out of that room hit the portal soon, sooner than later. It's it's speculated that we're going to need to see anywhere between 15 and 20 kids transfer out to be able to not only sign our class, but to be able to get any help in the portal whatsoever. I'm, once again, I know we've, We've said this over and over again. This is one of the youngest teams in the country. You don't have that many people going pro, hardly any. You don't have any, hardly any seniors. So this is what you're at. If you want to add, you have to subtract. And don't make no mistake about it. We all know there's there's a lot of people on the kids on this team that we're like, you know, hey, you know, 
love what you've done, love who you are, but we, we, you know, we, maybe there's better situations for both parties involved. It's right. called having the hard conversation. Right. And I think um, that's what the portal is for. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's just the better situation for a lot of these kids. I think that's the best part about the portal is giving, uh, you know, we saw kids like cheap orders and those guys last year leave and go to a place where they might have a better opportunity than they would, you know, right here. And we've seen a lot of them flourish. We've seen Powell Rowland leave, go to Virginia tech and have a monster year. So, uh, uh, any know. of these guys, uh, I mean, I know we're not really surprised by any of these names, probably other than Douglas. I want put your speculation hat on for a second, guys. If you would, I'll CJ. I'll throw it to you, and then Wes, you can kind of hit on it a little. Any who else would you probably expect to see enter this portal here in the next, you know, four or five days? I mean, obviously, the wide receiver room is still um, up in the air. Um, some guys there that you know you could see leaving. I, I, I totally understand that. Um, Who's who's the gentleman that we had change from wide receiver to safety? Um, Weston, is it Weston? I'm not really sure, but uh, he's a guy that I could see leaving. Um, Burke is a guy who could I could see leaving. Frazier's is a guy who got you know leaving. Um, you know, you look at the defensive side of the football. Wingo is a guy that I could see leaving. I was um, told I'm going to cut you off on that. I was absolutely told that Wingo was staying for next season. Okay. I mean, from, I, from I, someone I understand, that, I understand from someone that, that knows him personally, and the thought process there was to have a elder spokesman in the room for all these young guys you're having. He may right. never play a snap, and he pretty much knows that he's having shoulder surgery like this week because he played with a jacked up shoulder versus FSU. Um, I mean, like he has to have knee surgery as well. Like he played hurt. But they want to have somebody in that room with all these young guys coming in. That's kind of a a coach on the you know in the in practice and whatever. One happens. thing, the thing that we've heard about Wingo is he's a leader. He's a true. He's a guy that you want to. Stay. He is like a gator through and through. Like yeah, we, and I, yeah, I respect the hell out of that. And we were talking about um, Mitchell that came. I think it's Mitchell that came from Ohio State. He Wingo is lose that, and I think he has a. They uh, Armstrong found a spot for him. Rushing the passer on third down, that's his thing. Not playing, he's not an every down backer, but playing in a special special package where he can rush the passer, that's his thing. So, yeah, I can yeah, get it I, out. I think so, too. I think, <laughs> see, I think you could see some of the interior D linemen leave. Um, some Especially of with the announcement of, of, of Jackson coming back. and Boston Yeah, I Bank. think you could see that. We've already seen it happen with Norman. I, I could see Lions leaving, um, you know, I, I, just – Chris, I mean, Wes isn't going to like this, but I've I've heard rumors that that McClellan might leave now. Yeah, there's a I, lot I of rumors right now, guys. A lot. There's yeah. a ton of rumors. Yeah, I mean, you know that that there's firings, whether we like it, whether we like it or not. Um, players had developed relationships with Coach Spencer and Coach Raymond. Um, a lot of them, some of them, committed here specifically just to play for them. Um, so. You know, players especially knee jerk reactions. We saw a bunch of them uh, that are just like, man, I, I, I don't even, you know, I can't believe that. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. Wow, you know, you, you just see that. Um, and it's to be expected, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's just part of it. Uh, 
But you know, I think there's a lot of those guys that you that you'll see leave just some positions, not necessarily positions where I'm gonna say we have depth, uh, because I don't think there's really many positions. Uh, Jack Miller could possibly leave. Uh, Jack's, Jack, Jack's gone. He's he's pretty much already been gone. From I, I don't know where he's gonna go, but uh, you know, I could see. I think we're gonna have to either get a walk on or somebody out of the portal who's just like. It'd be cool to go play at Florida and, you know, just hang around there or something because, you know, it's going to be tough to convince a kid to come play behind a guy like Mertz, who's your, it is, as far as we know, is staying. I don't see any reason why he'd leave. Uh, who's, you know, just the number one. He's going to be the guy. And then you've got the heir apparent, uh, DJ Lagway. I think that's just the new age of college football. Uh, I, I kind of, uh, equate it to the, uh, the, the rule of two in Star Wars, always a master and apprentice. Never yeah. more. N- n- always two there are, as Master Yoda says. I think that's kind of what, what college football is going to go to. Um, it's just an experienced starter and the heir apparent. Um, you know, you'll see that kind of shift around, but I don't I don't I think it's too hard to build quarterback depth now. Wes, any names that you're expecting to, to portal out? I think CJ named everybody, man. Uh he didn't leave me any meat on the bone. I'm sorry, uh, I, I, I go ahead. I I think uh, I think Marshall and maybe Kimber. I think those two may leave um, with the emergence of Jakeem. I think we see a lot of him and maybe Dijon. Uh, I know. Uh, I think and and I was talking about guys going to the NFL. I think I think Hill may. I don't know if he get drafted, but he may get drafted like in the late rounds. He's a he played the slot so well, and in today's uh, NFL, um, you need kind of need that, but. Uh, I, I think we might lose some secondary guys as well with the emergence of these other guys. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, – I'm looking forward to seeing new blood there at the corners next year. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, I'm with CJ. All the guys' name, I, I would. I thought Frazier's would have a good year, but I could see him possibly going. We kind of. I think Burt was thinking about leaving last year. Uh, he didn't get used as much, so he may be gone. Uh, those receivers – and then we got a lot of receivers coming in and some that didn't get to play this year. Uh, like uh, Aiden Mizell and, and those guys coming in to play next year, so uh, I'm with CJ on that. I don't, I don't know why offensive linemen would leave, so I don't think we leave. Uh, I mean, they, they they all fight for the same positions, uh, knowing that they're probably just as good as the next guy that's on the line. So I don't see anything there. I would hate to lose Chris Mack, and that goes back to me and chaos. I saw so much potential from this kid last year, and if he leaves, I think uh, if he goes to the right place he's going to be a spectacular player and he came here with no coach. I don't know if you guys remember, I don't think we had a coach at the time when no, he we committed didn't. to us. Yeah. He committed us with no coach. So I don't want to say he has an attachment to chaos. So I don't know if that would be his reason for leaving. Uh, I think he will with, to Tersh's point with Jackson coming back, that made me, he with, with banks being back and uh, Watson still here. Uh, he doesn't seem that he'd be going into his junior year and not getting a lot of PT with. I will say this: I could, I've been a big fan of Desmond Watson, but I could definitely see a world where he transfers as well. We can't lose um, both of them. If Watson leaves, we got to keep one of the two. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but I could definitely see a world where uh, Des Des might leave as well. I, we got to keep one of those two guys. It, it, to me, it, to your point, if one, if one of those guys leaves, okay. It, it still hurts, but we got to keep one. We can't lose both McCullen and Watson. That'll hurt. Another guy I've heard is that very likely could transfer, and 
let's be honest, he down the stretch, he, he disappointed quite a bit is uh, Scooby Williams. That's another name mm-hmm. I've heard might be on his way out. Um, yeah, Scooby definitely. To he showed a lot of potential early, you know, early on playing next to Shamar, but it was almost like the minute Shamar was off the field, like Scooby was exposed. It was just, you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe Shamar was helping, you know, mask up some of his deficiencies, whatever have you not. Maybe it's the scheme. Maybe the kid doesn't play well in the scheme, you know. And switching from Mike – to, to weak side is is hard too. I think he we started playing him at Mike as well. I don't I think, think you can you can put a level of importance on how bad losing Powell than Boone was for this defense in the offseason. I mean like I just don't think you can you can put a number of percentage or whatever it may be on how bad it absolutely hamstrung this defense. Now I know injuries happen. I get that but those are two guys that were very, very important. Veteranly, you know, guys that knew that played hard, that knew the system. Um, and to lose them both, I mean, could you have lost Powell and kept Boone? And you know, yeah, probably. Probably still would have helped a lot because that just would have helped you get a little bit more pass rush, a little bit more pressure, a little bit more of a um, you know help against the run. Just it did not help. So. Guys, we're just going to have to, you know, we're just going to have to wait out the storm, see where the pieces land. It's all out of our hands right now. Um, I know that the Gators' plan is to be very aggressive in the portal. At least that's what I've heard. I mean, we'll see. I, I know last year was a different ball game, and a lot of people don't equate that the timeline of what happened with the Rashada stuff really messed with our financials going into the portal and it really screwed up some of the things we were going to do. Plus, the staff made some some mistakes as far as uh, scheduling visits and not getting guys here right off the rip. And if you want to be the guy that gets that guy you want in the portal, you know, it, it's it's like Black Friday shopping, man. you got to be there early. You want to get that 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 toy for your kid or you, that, that big, t- big screen TV, you better be there early and get it first because somebody else is going to snatch it up. And here we are. It's about to be Black Friday. You know, that, that portal door is going to open. You better be ready. We talking December to you, 4th. Bird. Talking to you, Bird. Yes, December 4th. Um, and we'll be covering it, man. We're going to be talking about it. Uh, we should start probably here between now and next week's show. We should probably have a list of names if, if things are going good, of guys that we've reached out to. And then we'll then we'll hit it, man. But – um. Let's hope, because we need it. We need some people in here now, some players that can play now around all these young guys to to get us, because this schedule's not going to take any breaks next year. All right, boys, that's all for that. It is what it is. We got to, like I said, we just we just have to let Napier and company cook, because what else, what other choice we got? We can sit here and bitch about it. <laughs> what else are we going to do? Well, I mean, we can sit here and bitch about it all night, but – I don't plan on being that frustrated. I've got I just got through a football season that frustrated me week in and week out. I'm not gonna stay frustrated week in and week out over kids getting mad about their money and playing time and all that. I got my own kids. I can't handle this. And and I have to deal with the fact that I held 
a, a three games to none lead on CJ in West all year and lost at the finish line. In the That's pick. right. Fumbled the bag right there. We didn't even get West. West conceded defeat last week. Didn't even send in his picks. West had emergency at the end of the year at the at last night at the end of the show and had to leave. Didn't matter. He was already at the ball game. He probably had to go a per. No, even if he went perfect, if he had gone ten and zero, he still would have lost. So it don't matter. <laughs> Cause he had he was down by um three anyway. Five. five. No, he was five? down five to you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So he's down five to you and three to me. So he was he out kept anyway. Damn teams to beat Georgia. If he hadn't done that, he probably would have stuck around. Yeah, I would have been there. <laughs> so the final count: CJ finishes the season ninety three and thirty seven, and Hirsch finishes eighty nine and forty one. And, and we'll give Wes a default seven and three on the season. He's going to be, you know, 88 and uh, 42 or whatever it is. <laughs> because I know uh, Georgia wasn't on the picks last week, so he wouldn't have been able to pick Tech. To beat up Georgia <laughs> I don't anyway. know. He was probably watching that game. They he probably was. Tech this he was probably watching it and seeing Tech hold it close and goes, I know, I just know Tech going to end up coming behind and winning this game. I just need Bama to do what Bama does and beat Kirby this week. That's all I need. Wes, you would have picked, picked Clemson to beat Carolina, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Absolutely, he would have. I was wrong <laughs> on that. My bad. No, you got I, plenty I, of other ones right. I, I, you know, I got the other two right. My back, were against <laughs> the wall. My back was against the wall, and I had to take some risk, and, and it – and it just didn't pay out. That's right. You I, picked Boston College to beat Miami. What is wrong with you, Hurt? Yeah, because I hate Miami. I'm, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, the goddamn quarterback transferred like right after the game was over. Since we since we're not doing picks before we go, let me ask y'all you guys this question. There's a lot of speculation. You know, the, the the college football playoff thing came out last night. If Bama beats Georgia, does Georgia go? Absolutely. So I absolutely believe they will. All right. No, no, I'm asking you in your opinion, should they go? If Washington wins, they're undefeated, if, right? If there's four other undefeated teams, no, they shouldn't. That's my opinion. Under, but I'm saying, so if Washington goes, Washington, let's say Washington wins, Michigan wins, that's two, right? So you got to take Bama because Bama beats uh, Georgia. So Bama goes before Georgia. So there's three, right? Washington undefeated. You have Michigan undefeated. Alabama beats Georgia. So it's one spot left. That's Texas, who beat Alabama. That's uh, Florida State. Let's say Florida State wins. And then you have Georgia. Who are you taking? They the made it pretty clear they're going to put Florida State in if they're undefeated. No matter as much as we're we're against it, if, we, if you match up Florida State against any team in the top eight in Vegas, the spread is going to be against Florida State. They're going to be the underdog by a good bit. Um, that But – Last year, I saw them do it with TCU. Um, TCU lost the damn game, and they still put them in. Uh, personally, I think you should put Texas in uh, Me too. because of the head-to-head with Alabama. But at that so, point, it, I just so, don't so, believe so, there's a world where if, if Florida State was to lose and we took Florida State out of it, I still think Texas. Georgia. I think Georgia gets the spot in Alabama. Over Texas? Over Texas. I do. I really do. I think that we're that much in head in hell that we're gonna. It's gonna have to be that way. That Georgia's gonna get the spot anyway. They should. Um, there's no way you can leave Texas out from going to Alabama and beating Alabama in Alabama, and then they're going and Georgia lose their championship game, and you can't do it. 
I, I don't think he should watch. either. I, I don't think he should either, but they keep te- ranking Texas behind Oregon <laughs> for whatever reason. And I can't I can't make that make I, sense I, in my head. I get right. I mean, um, Oregon's losses. They've got a common opponent. Oregon beat them by one. Texas beat them by 50. I mean, well, what but, do you want? <laughs> but, but I'm saying, like, Oregon's loss is better than Texas loss. Texas lost to a two loss. Oregon lost to the 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 the, the pack the other team they played in the, and they got a chance to, to avenge that loss. They, they Washington doesn't have a loss in the season. Their loss is better than Oklahoma. I mean, Texas lost to Oklahoma. Sure, that's why. That's why. And it beat and Oregon has also beat more ranked teams. The Pac-12 was the best conference uh, to me this year, in my opinion. The Pac-12 was the best conference. So you got to look at all the wins that Oregon has against Utah uh, and. Uh, Arizona and all these other teams that they beat that's better than what Texas has played in the Big 12. So that's why I see Oregon over Texas right now. And because if Oregon wins, then Oregon replaces Washington. So that's a watch. The Pac-12 winner winner of that game is going to get in. I mean, we we all know that. Yeah. Um, But uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm loving all the FSU slander, though. But you you know why I'm getting one of Herb Street. It's just great. I'm trying to get into I'm trying to get it. I think Louisville is going to beat Florida State. Just Me too. Opinion. I think I'm so too. To get... I think Jack Plummer could is the difference. I, I'm asking y'all this because I need Texas to get in, so that means Georgia don't get in. If Alabama, just say Alabama wins, and like Hershey's point, if L, if Louisville beats Florida State, then there's no FSU, no Georgia. Not, that's all I want. Yeah, let's let's just let's just stop right there because we've seen this scenario before. The SEC bias, whether we you know as SEC <laughs> fans want to talk about it or not, is a real thing. We've seen this happen before. I would be very surprised, especially if, if that if you're talking Bama beats Georgia in a close game. Like it just doesn't even it wouldn't would surprise me in the least. And then the talking pundits will come out. That's why we need the expanded playoff and yada yada it's yada yada. Next year. It'll be in next year. I but know, but you understand end. that just fuels the fire. And here we are. It's it's the expanded playoff. I mean, it, to me, at that point, it goes back to the old rule. Of, I think it would, if Washington won and Michigan won, they should play for the national championship, and that should be it. They're both undefeated. That's it. I, I mean, that, the BCS era, I think we get rid of these these idiots that sit in a room and talk about wins and who deserves what and who, who's This the is the first play, year that they just go back to the computer. This is the first year they kind of if, – if, even if Travis was here, I would have wanted to see what they would have done because, you know, you have the out now. Oh, Florida State doesn't have Jordan Travis, but this is the first year that – the like it's kind of like because everybody's so many contenders that you can say that all deserve to be there. Like the, yeah. Texas lost to in a rival game on the last play. Then they lose like on the last play to Oklahoma. So that's Texas' only loss. And people are saying they don't deserve to be there, but they lost to their rival Oklahoma on a neutral field in in the one of the best rivals in college football. They lost yeah. that game. No, they had they yeah, and they, and they have a great win at Alabama. So. This is why the, the expansion is needed, so I, I, I'm loving it. All right. That's it. It's almost bowl season. We get to start with the decision bowl again. It's going to come up. <laughs> we don't have to worry about a bias with Florida because guess what? We're not in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a, we we'll do a separate with our hands this year. We'll do a separate bowl pickums, and then we'll, we'll you know, yeah. see how that plays out. <laughs> then we'll do it. We might have to have a tiebreaker break off with the NFL playoffs, pickums, and then we'll just, you know, mm. we'll just keep rolling. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show, man. A lot of stuff going on. As you know, to me, this is one of the 
worst times and most fun times of the year. I mean, you've got signing day coming up. Kids are making their decisions left and right. If you if you didn't see it in the process of us doing this show, I mean, damn hurricanes just flipped Justin Scott from Ohio State, which is a tremendously big pickup for Miami. Their their money continues. You know the uh, rumors of their money demise have, were greatly exaggerated. So, got to make some moves, man. Billy, Billy's got to get it going. Something's, something's got to give. Um, so, hopefully, we see some more movement in the next week or so, and we see some portal names rumored, some guys that can help. Hope, hopefully, some big offensive linemen. Hopefully, some some wide receivers, maybe because looks like we're going to need a few of those. Maybe a, a safety, something of that nature. It should be fun to see how it shakes out, man. And like I said, next week we'll we'll start talking about some names that we've heard rumored and bantied about and who we've offered and maybe who's scheduling visits. But until then, guys, you know, just just stay calm. There ain't nothing we can do. Like I said, just, you know, you can, you can get upset, but it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it to get upset over, over teenager and young adult decisions because they change your mind the minute they go to sleep and the minute they wake up. CJ, what you got to add before we get out of here? Thank you guys so much for always supporting us as creators. We're about to get into the thick of it here. So if you guys aren't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. We've got all kinds of news as soon as we get news on the coaching hires and the coaching fires and the kids in the portal, the kids out of the portal, the kids beside the portal, the kids on top of the portal. <laughs> we'll have all that. Just keep following us. Follow us on Twitter. We'll you know share it there too. Uh, uh, the Facebook chat, as Hirsch mentioned, is very active. Um, it's pretty level and there. We try to keep it as level-headed as, as we possibly can. Um, so continue to support us through that. Support our friends' alma mater. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff that drops every week that just new stuff. Um, basketball season's in, so more basketball stuff is going to be coming out. Uh, we're around the corner for baseball season, um, you know, things like that. we got to get a committed baseball, Mr. Minjay Sowell from – Texas, big time pitcher. So the baseball stuff starting to heat up there too, and I can't wait for that. But thank you guys so much for supporting us. Um, I hope everybody had a great week uh, as we get ready for the holiday seasons. Um, so thank you so much for spending your your morning, afternoon, wherever with us. Yes, sir. We thank you. Wes, take us home, man. Yeah, same thing CJ said. Uh, Herschel put the link in the uh, in the uh, description, so click that link. And shop with our friends and get your Florida Gator gear, whether whatever season it is, going into basketball and baseball right after. Uh, get your gear from those guys. Um, we appreciate you guys all the support. Hit the like, subscribe, make a comment. Tell me what you guys think the scenario will be if uh, Florida State loses and Alabama beats Georgia. Who do you guys think your four, what would your four got, what would your four teams be for the college football playoffs if that scenario happens? Just that scenario. Florida State loses, so they're eliminated. They already want them out of there anyway. Everybody wants them out because they don't have a quarterback and it's going to be a blowout. Whoever they play week, uh, their first round and Alabama beats Georgia. Should Georgia go or should Texas go? To me, that's the discussion if that scenario happens. So I'd love to see what you guys think. Uh, and as always, go Gators. Go Gators, baby. Y'all go Gators.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.